I'm coming to your cities. I recently did an event in New York. It was awesome. I loved bringing real couples up on stage. We had no idea what was going to happen. The crowd loved it. I was sharing real numbers. It was a blast. And I want to do it again. I'm looking to coach couples on stage at my next two live events, one in Philly on June 1st, one in Boston on June 4th. If you and your partner want help connecting over money, you want to solve a big financial challenge you have, please apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. Um, What the hell is going on on this podcast that like 80% of the people who come on here go through massive screening, fill out applications. They never actually read my book. Is anyone else puzzled by this? Look, a lot of the questions that you ask me about money are answered directly in I Will Teach You To Be Rich. How do you pay off your student loans? How do you automate your finances? Where do you start investing and how do you handle big purchases? I wrote this book as a six-week program so you can follow along on your own or with a partner. If you want to improve your finances, I recommend you get the I Will Teach You To Be Rich book. It has over 18,000 reviews on Amazon. Get it at iwt.com slash book. I find finance discussions intimidating, uh, threatening almost at times, awkward. I'm very avoidant to the conversations. Jesse is not a planner. Jesse, would you agree with that? Yes, I'm very fly by the seat of the pants. Mm. How would you describe the way you feel right now? Mad at myself. Because I don't think I realized what I created. What did you create? An environment where, you know, Jesse doesn't see the big vision of what he's capable of doing. I'm sorry, Jesse, love you so much. But like, it's so clear that you're so anxious on this conversation. The deeper we get in, because like you're using like buzzwords <laughs> to try and like talk effectively instead of just being like, your yourself. I want Jesse to be interested in what we're doing with our money. Then I feel like I I've created that. Like I've created this dependent relationship that's not it's not sustainable. Meet Stacy who's 37 and Jesse who's 38. They've been married for 11 years and they live in Canada. What makes them fascinating is not the fact that Stacy makes five times what Jesse makes. It is the dynamic between them. For example, when they got invited to be on this podcast, they first attended a screening call with my producer. And here's what Stacy wrote. I booked time Thursday for the screening call and added my husband Jesse's email to the invite. He may be able to join too. This is actually a huge red flag. We require both partners to be on the call. We state that very clearly. So the fact that she took the lead and said he may be able to attend got our antenna up. How would you handle it if you had a relationship dynamic where one person took the lead on everything and wished that the other would get engaged? Well, we're about to find out as you listen to this conversation with Jesse and Stacy. You can watch this entire episode on YouTube, and I always love to do that because it lets you see their body language, 
and facial expressions, which gives you a whole new insight into the dynamic between the two of them. All right, let's get to it. The day I applied to go to the show, uh, to be on the show, was a day where Jesse and I were arguing around. He was debating to get a gym membership. Mm -hmm. So he's had some physical ailments in the last couple of years. His physiotherapist recommended a gym or rather a treadmill. We didn't want to buy a treadmill to fit in the house. So there's a gym near our house and near Jesse's business um, that he can easily go to. It's like 15 bucks a month. And he hemmed and hawed about like whether we could afford it. And I was like, we're not poor anymore. We can afford that. It made me realize A, he doesn't understand that. And B, that such an insignificant amount of money per month, he felt like he had to figure a way around not spending it instead of just talking to me about the expense. And so what happened? We had like a discussion about it. And I was like, we're not poor anymore. <laughs> like, you can get this. And I think it still took him two weeks to actually buy the gym membership. When you said, we're not poor anymore, what was Jesse's response? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I know, but. But what? Like, but like, I can figure out a way to like not spend this money or maybe I'll look into cheaper options. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you're not really going to find a cheaper gym. It's already a discount gym. Mm -hmm. um, a, lot of, a lot of very sensible reasons. Did it work? Yes. yes, but it took him, I think, a couple of weeks to to buy it. And like mm. pull the trigger. Jesse, what happened in that conversation? What do you remember the first glimmer of the treadmill discussion being? I drag my feet on a lot of like random expenses because I'm always trying to save money. <laughs> Why? Uh, I just have it in my head that, well, I mean, I don't personally make a whole lot. So I feel like the household doesn't personally make a whole lot, which is not really the case. So about a week later, I did finally pull the trigger, got the membership. And uh, I've been trying to do as much stepping or walking, sorry, as uh, as I can uh, to heal my ankles. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got the membership. Thank you. Would you consider that discussion or series of discussions a success? Yes. Oh, 100%. But uh, I still try and tighten my belt. And to Stacey's point, I do it nonsensically at times, as as, as this instance was. I'm just very uncomfortable spending money. Uh, Always been like that? Yes. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Um, when you eat out, do you eat every single thing on your plate? Yes. Mm -hmm. Your parents taught you that? My father, yes. Uh -huh. What did he say? Uh, oh, God. A lot of like father-esque things. Like yeah. if you don't eat that, they're starving children in Africa was a very common line. Um, oh, God. Uh, you can't leave the dinner table till you're done. That right. sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I got it. Uh, I don't even like spending money on public transit. If I, if it's within, you know, tens of kilometers, maybe I'll bike it. Doesn't matter weather or anything. And that's uh, just for... to save myself six bucks. <laughs> if it's raining, I think a, a more rational person I feel would probably just spend the money for public transit. Uh, whereas I would prefer not to. Got it. All right. Hearing what you just told me, Jesse, and really listening to yourself and what you just said to me, 
do you hear any themes? I notice uh, I, that I'm very, I don't want to say miserly, but that's probably a really good word about it uh, to use. Miserly I, means what? Uh, I want to keep what possession I have. Because uh, I don't, I don't have, it, yeah, miserly is a poor word because I don't, I feel like I don't have a lot. And for the longest time I didn't, we're somewhat better. I don't have a very uh, steady income for the past year because I just started a new business. So it's been really messing with my brain on uh, how much funds we have available to spend. Uh, mm-hmm. So what else do you notice about your answers to me? If you were like a scientist examining the transcript of what you just told me, what would you note? Uh, that I'm uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. spending, uh, nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, uncertain. Mm. Because he's not involved in the finances, he doesn't know where that threshold is. He still thinks that threshold for what we can spend was the same when we were in our early 20s. I want Jesse to be able to be like, I'm getting this gym membership. It's $15. This is the decision I'm making and just buy it. This is what I mean when I say focus on the $30,000 questions, not the $3 questions, or in this case, the $15 gym membership questions. Jesse's gone for such a long time agonizing over whether to join this gym, all for $15. Imagine the costs of worrying about a $15 purchase and all the opportunities that you're leaving aside. And with people who worry about tiny questions like this, it's never just one purchase. In fact, with Jesse, there was a worn out bag that he didn't want to replace. There was a desktop computer that he used until it completely failed. He bikes or walks around town to save $6 even when it's raining. My point is not that you should just spend money on everything. My point is that some people live their entire lives trying to spend as little money as possible. And that has significant costs. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind-the-scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa-making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. 
The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet, and it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep, and you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a better, smarter sleep. I was 18, just uh-huh. in my first year of university, and uh, just so no money. 19. Yeah, no money. No like, money. No I was... money. I was a uh, musician uh, dropping out of college, going on tour. When did you start to make some amount of money, a comfortable amount of money? 26, 27. So let's go back to um, when you were in your early 20s, even 25, 26, 27. When you would talk about money, what were those conversations like? Our roles were very much reversed because Stacy was in school until she was 24, 25. 24, yeah. 24. Uh, and I had a full-time job uh, just uh, in retail. Since I was the, I'm not one for talking finances, and I was the one with all the funds, we really didn't have a lot of conversations back then because we stayed in a really, really cheap apartment. So it wasn't that difficult to uh, live the life we wanted without actually thinking about anything. And it seems yeah. like you were on the upswing with your income at that point yes. as well. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. So at what age did the roles reverse where you, Stacy, started making more money? 27. So you started making more than him. What changed when you started making more than him? I made the life decisions, like anything that was uh, a financial life decision. So we had this huge lump sum for a down payment, and then we went to find another home. I made the decisions around how we saved for that, how much we put down and did you get Jesse involved in those decisions? <laughs> Shaking his head. I'm like, I don't remember. Probably not. Probably not very lot, little. No. Yeah. It's more like I I do all the homework. Who is the one who tracks the spending, makes sense of the spending, manages the spending? Stacy. Stacy. Okay. Who's the one who plans investments? decisions about big okay that's stacy so stacy you do everything with the money yes everything right. so i'm like very much a type a planner organized you don't say no shocking so you do the homework what does that mean homework we had a lump sum of money how much and i said oh, i can't remember 200 grand uh you know it was up to me to figure out like where could we find afford a home what was going to be the best value so that we could live the life we wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was up to you because what? Jesse is not a planner. Oh. Jesse, would you agree with that? Yes, I'm very fly by the seat of the pants. And Jesse, what is your role as it relates to money in your relationship? Uh, not a lot. You know, I once remember I hired a consultant when my business was in trouble. And he came in, he took a look at all the numbers, and he said, tell me what you were doing when your business was at its peak. And tell me why you stopped. 
So I walked him through all the initiatives that we used to do. And I laid out all the very rational reasons that we stopped it. The cost of revenue was too high for this program, et cetera. He gave it some thought and he said, I recently spoke to another CEO. Business is also in trouble. And he had very good reasons for every decision that he made, just like you. You can have all the right reasons and still get the wrong outcome. In Stacy and Jesse's case, they both have stories that are not serving them and certainly not getting them the outcome they want, or at least Stacy wants. Stacy describes herself as type A, which by the way is not really a thing. And they both agree that Jesse is bad with money. But how would they ever know? They've never really given Jesse responsibility and accountability over money itself. You grew up poor or lower middle class? Lower middle class. And uh, what about you, Stacy? What did you grow up? Both. Lower middle class. You grew up the same? Yeah. yeah. Are both your parents together or are they separated? No, they separated uh, when I was uh, five. Yeah. Uh, who'd you live with primarily? Uh, my mother. Okay. And what's your mom like? Uh, she is also very um, cautious about her money and spending. We both were raised by immigrant mothers and we we were both raised to be like, make the most of what you have, work really hard to have what you have and like, don't take stuff for granted. Jesse takes that really to heart. And I think I'm at a point in my life where we, we were both like that. I think we're on the same page. I don't think we'd be where we are today if we didn't have that mentality when we were younger. What do you remember her saying about money growing up? Well, we didn't like enjoy anything. <laughs> like we didn't go on vacations. Um, we went on one uh, my entire childhood. Yeah, like my parents sacrificed a lot so that they could help pay for my university. Mm-hmm. But I'm proactive where so my uh, my mom and I think my dad, um, who are still together, they think life happens to them. Mm-hmm. I think I control my own destiny. And I've lived my entire life with that MO. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if just where'd you get that from? Flight or fight mode is like what I live in constantly. So I'm always thinking plan A, B, or C. Do you have siblings? Yes. Are they the same as you? Yes. My brother. Yeah. I have one brother. Um, I'd say, yeah. So you both have taken control of your lives. You sort of carved out your own path. And would you say that your parents are still more passive? Yes. (laughs) Uh Wow. That seems to hit a nerve. Yes, bless them, but they uh, are. They drive me crazy. Yeah. They're passive like what? They don't want to confront any issue. Uh, restaurant sends the wrong thing. They just take it. They never send it back. That kind of thing. Yes, they will get taken advantage of. They are retired, but like don't take advantage of like their retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are they doing financially? I don't know. Why? What? They don't, they don't tell us. What? Yeah. So I, I think most of them. Do, do you know how much money they made when you were growing up or whatever? Yeah. Like I'd say we were like lower middle class as well. My dad worked for the government, had a, like an average salary, and it was just him. My mom stayed home. So you decided yeah. to take control of your money. You're on top of it. How many different Excel spreadsheets and uh, budgets do you have? Tell the truth. One Google spreadsheet, but it probably has 20 hidden tabs over the last wow, um, 10 years. How'd I know that? 
Uh, yep. Uh, there's, and how diligent have you been in tracking your spending? Let me guess. Extremely. Go ahead. It, correct. We both have used an app that I love mm-hmm. for the last 10 years to track every expense. Anytime wow. we swipe our credit card, it goes in. And wow, I trained so cool. Jesse to do the same thing. Jesse, so you do that? Yep. The data. You, oh, wow. I'm, I am not as diligent as her, but yeah, it, it, will, it will track down to the penny, even on uh-huh. cash. And uh, what does that get both of you? It's very satisfying for me to have the data to tell me what we're spending on. It actually helped us when we were filling in the conscious spending plan. Like you mean when we... you you personally were filling it in. No, no, no. no we no. did it together. We did it together. What? I don't believe that. hundred percent. To be clear, she filled it out <laughs> once by herself prior to having the conversation with your coworker. That's but... not doing it together. What are you talking about? But we did do it together. We did it together again. Yeah. Again. Okay, it's a, this is before she told me we were appearing on this podcast. <laughs> all right, fine. So you track everything. You're tracking like the price of Brussels sprouts over time, so you can trend that for from no, 2010. No, no. But like, how much we spend on groceries per month? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clothing, transportation. How many categories do you have? <laughs> More than we should. I, like, how many? I, tell me. Tell me. Oh, uh, hang on. She's gonna pull it up right now. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, look at that. She's like finally. <laughs> It's been 13 years and finally someone asked me a question about my app. Okay, tell me how many categories. Do you want subcategories too as well, Stace? Eight, eight, eight high-level categories. No, I want all of them. Don't don't BS me. Oh, wow. She just well, took like a deep 20. swallow. Twenty. <laughs> probably. Everybody watch. However long this takes, I'm going to run completely dead air. I will burn literally gigabytes right now just watching them. Look, he's still counting. This is unbelievable. Uh, 32. 32 cat. Wow. So simple. You ever hear me say that phrase? Fight for simplicity in your finances. You ever heard me? Yeah. She's going. Yeah. She goes. Yeah. That's a great phrase. I chose not to adopt that. That's great for other people. Not for us. I'm learning. I'm learning. Mm, Okay. This is hilarious, but also fucking insane. Tracking four categories like in my conscious spending plan is good. Tracking 32 categories is absolutely bonkers and it gets you nothing. Correction, it gets you a sense of control, but does not actually get you closer to your goals. There's an epidemic of us doing things that make us feel productive, but actually accomplish nothing whatsoever. And tracking 32 categories is a perfect example of that. And you can tell because when I asked what they got out of it, there was a very long silence. Their tracking, excuse me, her tracking is more like scratching a scab off, a little tick that makes her feel better in the temporary moment, but it's certainly not giving them the information as to how to save, how to invest, how to spend their money going forward. It's not serving them, but because she obviously takes a lot of pride in this, it's now become a part of her identity. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling? 
of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that Peak Tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying Peak Tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. So what changed two years ago? Uh, we went to couples counseling. <laughs> because of this? Uh, it was heavily uh, influenced by, uh, by, by money and finances and stuff. Okay, uh, good. I'm glad to hear that you did that. Has that been helping? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Good. I think we still don't have the tools in our toolkit to communicate effectively about money. Because I feel like I'm always pulling Jesse along. I want Jesse to be interested okay. in what we're doing with our money. Okay. That's honest. I appreciate that. And Jesse, what do you want in your own words? To be less uncomfortable with money. Hmm. Uh, can I ask a couple questions, Jesse? Of course. Do you want to be engaged with money in the relationship deep down? No, I, I find fin finance discussions uh, intimidating, uh, uh, th threatening almost at times, uh, awkward. I'm very avoidant to the conversations. And are you avoidant in other parts of life? Uh, yeah, I, I avoid confrontation quite a lot. Hmm. Have you made uh, that connection before? 
Yes. Oh, yes. All right. So deep down, you don't want to engage with money. That's what you're saying. Yes. That is like my base. Okay. But, you know, through counseling, through talking for gears, I know that that's not productive and okay. I would like to change. Okay. What's the consequences for both of you if nothing changes? A lot of, probably a lot of resentment, maybe divorce. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say resentment. I've felt that before. The life we've kind of set up in the last year is I handle the finances and work. Uh, like Jesse works too, but like, like my job was like bringing in the income and Jesse takes care of the household, mm -hmm. social engagements, groceries, the things we need for the home. I think the other thing too is um, we started to talk about like, like planning our rich life. Like what are our goals? Because when we were younger, it was just like, get a home. It was such a big goal mm -hmm. for so long. Now it's like, what are the goals we're going to have for the rest of our life? Oh, okay, we want to do this by this year. How do we work backwards from that? And I find that I'm the one who always is figuring out how to work backwards from that. I'd like to see a little bit more input. Mm -hmm. Because it would mean what? I'm not the only one creating the life we want. And if you're the only one, what does that mean? I just don't, don't, that doesn't feel like a relationship. What is it? It's like once, it's like, room, like we're roommates, like we're not creating our life together. She's very much just uh, dragging me along for the ride. Mm. Are you enjoying the ride? <sighs> I would be lying if I said I, I wasn't enjoying the, the comfort of that she is, she has given us because uh, she makes considerably more than me and is, you know, infinitely better at finances than I am. But uh, I don't want it to that to be the status quo. Are you uncomfortable in any other parts of life? Parts that, of life that you're good at? Like last night, I went out to eat Indian food, okay? And I got it really spicy. So when I eat really spicy food, I start to sweat a lot. My eyelids are sweating. The back of my head is itching. I'm like wiping away like lots of sweat, right? I was physically uncomfortable, but I also love it. I'm good at it. I know how to eat Indian food. There are parts of life sometimes that we are uncomfortable at, but we're good at it or we enjoy it. Do you have any parts of life like that? Yes. So as a musician, I am a very crippling stage fright. Okay. Uh, and at least I would like to think I am very good at performing. Wow. Great example. <laughs> I couldn't have named a better one myself. So stage fright, that's very uncomfortable, but somehow you still get up there and you perform and you do well, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'd like to think so. Yes. How about you just say yes? Yes. Love it. Okay. So is it possible that you might feel a little uncomfortable with money and you might also be a very good participant in your relationship. Yes, I hope so. Uh, okay. How about, let's try that again. Is it possible? <laughs> yes. Okay. I agree. I agree. It's okay to be uncomfortable when you're first starting to learn about money, talk about money, think about money differently. And you can be a good participant. 
to be fair, it was a rather important uh, decision that I had to partake in because I had to close my checking account in order to join hers when we uh, when we combined our checking accounts. We think of our money as like a communal pot. It's not like Jesse pays a certain percentage based on his income versus okay, me. Uh, uh, who who made that decision, by the way? We've always done it that way since we were poorer. <laughs> I do believe it was your decision, though, when we joined <laughs> accounts. Okay. Uh, back back in 2012, I believe. <laughs> Guy pulls out receipts. Part of what I do, I had an old boss that said the art of what I do is facipulation, which is I facilitate, but I'm really manipulating people around a vision. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> Any connection to what's going on here? Anyone? Okay. Do you see my point? Yeah. Yeah. You take something and say, here we go. This is what I want to do. And you even use words like, this is what we want to do. Yes. We set a budget. Yeah. yeah. I know. Is it working for you? Um, well, I, I'd say uh, the budget has worked pretty well. We do pretty well with yeah. our lives. The unintended consequence was uh, Jesse's uh, passive viewer versus a participant. Do you want him to be? No. What role are you playing in Jesse not speaking up forthrightly about what he wants? Well, because I'm in control and probably because like we've been together for 18 years, Mm -hmm. just our life is an example. Jesse makes, uh, what? 20% of what I make. Mm -hmm. So like the life he has is from my labor. You know, California has had a drought for many years. And this year, suddenly there was a ton of rain. And all of a sudden, people realized that California is not capturing the rainwater. The water just flows right out to the ocean. And everyone said, what? We need to capture this rainwater. Well, the system was designed decades ago to get rainwater out to the ocean as quickly as possible. And guess what? That is exactly what the infrastructure does. Efficiently and quickly. Like California, Stacy is getting exactly what she designed for. Careful tracking over their spending, which she does. Total control over their money for her. Decisions they ostensibly make together, but she really makes. She's getting everything she designed for except the one thing she claims she wants for the two of them to do it together. If we both have goals, I want a partner who participates equitably in achieving those goals. Do you know if he has goals? Jesse, do you have goals? Um, I have uh, I have uh, goals with my business, uh, and that's a, that's about it in my life at the moment. Um, I'm not sure what else to say. What do you think hearing that, Stacey? It's a symptom of like, Jesse doesn't really like think ahead and just kind of like life happens day by day. We'll figure it out. Um, Why does that concern you? Because then you're never thinking of like how life can be better. I try and like get Jesse to dream bigger. 
I, you I try that, to get him to Dreamburger. How do you do that? By providing. I have worked really hard to provide a life so that he doesn't have to worry about money as much mm-hmm. so that like he can do something more adventurous. So he just started a business last year and I like encouraged him to do that because he was working retail and I'm like, you can't work retail forever. When you say to him, you can't work retail forever, what message are you communicating to him? I'm probably communicating that like the path he's chosen is not ideal or like it won't lead to success. It like won't make you happy forever. Um, It'll wear you down. It was wearing on his body. Did you, do you think that he knew that deep down that retail was probably not good for him physically? Probably deep down. Uh But he wasn't making a change, was he? No. And so you decided to what? Shove him off a cliff. Well, let's ask Jesse. Jesse, take us back to the time where you were working retail. How much were you making back then? Uh, 65K at the very end. Okay. And did you enjoy the job? I enjoyed the job up until COVID happened. And then um, we basically became a warehouse. Even though I was retail management, uh, they basically treated me like a workhorse and I broke my body. You're still recovering from that now? Yeah, two years later. Still, I'm on the better end of it, but yes. I'm sorry to hear that. So you were kind of put into this uh, labor role and that was tough on you. How long did you do that for? Uh, six years. Well, in that in that one position, I, I uh, sorry it, it, for that one company. I've been retail for two decades. No, okay. Oh, you've been but, retail for two decades. Uh, thereabouts, yeah. Okay. Did you enjoy it for two decades? Yeah, I I thought I was pretty good at selling stuff. Great. And what would you say to her about your day at work? Of course. Um. So as Stacy's already familiar, but I'll. I'll say it again. My manager at the time didn't come in today, called out, uh, and I had to do her job, my job, and another uh, probably uh, 10 other jobs, and I'm not getting paid for this. And I've complained to her boss about this for the umpteen time, uh, and uh, nothing is changing. Stacy, go ahead and respond the way you used to respond. Have you tried... Oh, that's all I need. That's all I need. Thank you very much. What do you notice is happening in that dynamic? One person is venting. One person is trying to problem solve. Imagine that someone shoves you one time, 10 times. Imagine they shove you for 18 years. At a certain point, it becomes hard enough to even remember how to walk on your own. Yeah. You think that might be happening here? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You two are talking past each other. Stacy's looking off into the orbit right now. She's realizing- because I did this today. She did it today. I'm pushing him off the cliff again. It's highlighted that I have like years of habit to, to break. Jesse, you see the issue? You have no fingerprints on your finances at all. You're merely a passive observer in your financial life. And she doesn't like it. 
And if she gets hit by a bus tomorrow, you're fucked. Actually, he's not. That That is a conversation we have had. Life insurance. Well, what do you mean? He can get a big old life insurance check. That doesn't mean he's going to know how to use it. That's true. Stacy controls everything financially related in their relationship and therefore disempowers Jesse. When Jesse has a problem, she tries to solve it, thus further disempowering him. This is a classic example, only it's usually with the genders reversed. And Stacy really has a massive blind spot around how she's helping Jesse. Even in the last comment where I pointed out that Jesse would be screwed if she got hit by a bus, her response was, actually not. She really believes that handing over a check from her life insurance would help Jesse, who's functionally unable to deal with money. In his 30s, her disempowerment has lots of costs that are totally invisible to her, but I think she's starting to realize them. And Jesse plays a part in this. He's sitting back, relaxing. Stacy's running around, tracking 32 categories. Why would he change? Life is good. The dynamic is really what stands out to me. So in order to understand it more, let's take a look at the numbers. Their combined gross monthly income is $19,867. Their gross annual income is $238,000. Assets, $1.32 million. Investments, $319,000. Savings, $50,000. Their debt, a mortgage, is $435,000. Therefore, bringing their net worth to $1.25 million. How do you feel about $1.2 million in your 30s? I think I've done very well for myself. Okay. (laughs) And I hope to grow it uh, further in the next uh, 30 years. Good. All right. That's a good answer. I love that answer. It's very confident. Did it feel real to you to say? No. A lot of it is in our house. So not a whole lot of it is liquid. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? When I say the number aloud, uh, my first thought is, wow, we're doing pretty well for for our age. Uh, where we're living. But then my second thought is, is not a lot of it is accessible or usable, even in retirement. You like to worry? Uh, less so than Stacy, but yes, still. What do you get out of it? Out of worrying? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I worry a lot that... What you had just mentioned, and Stacey and I have had that very same conversation many times before, that if she suddenly is out of the picture for whatever reason, I am in a lot of trouble. Because if she were hit by a bus, by the way, I love this morbid conversation where we're talking about one person's premature death who just happens to be sitting right in front of us. We're okay. We're both European. We we talk about death a lot. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Great. So if she were to get you know, hit by a bus, you still have $1.2 million and you're a young, able-bodied guy. So it's not the number that concerns me. It's that everything beneath it, which is you would have no idea how to manage it on a day-to-day basis. No idea how life insurance works. No idea what investments are or how they interact with your savings. None of it. Would you agree? I would agree. And more to that effect, I also don't even have a lot of working income because uh, yeah. I just started a business in a market that is not known for making any money. Mm-hmm. And how long are you 
going to go on that business before deciding if it's worth it or not? Uh, ideally until retirement, uh, the, the, the goal is to, uh, grow it through expansion. Okay, great. How much do you need to make from this business? In order for me to like maintain what, where we are now? I don't know. Just how much do you, do you have a goal for how much you're going to make with this business? Uh, my goal is to double that within the year. 4,000 a month. Okay. That's good. And, and would you be happy? Would you be satisfied at that number? Uh, I would, yes. But uh, again, that that is, <laughs> I would be happy with that number if I still have a loving and and uh, healthy wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, Stacy, do you see what the dynamic that you have co-created has done here? She's nodding. Say it out loud. Um, I think uh, what I heard was. One, I don't like if Jesse does not have the means to manage financially if I'm not around. And then two, what I heard is with regards to his business, just like small goals, a small sense of what could be. Yeah. Like 4,000 a month, while impressive for a business to start. I mean, Jesse used to make. 65,000 in retail. Like shouldn't a business make more than you can make working retail? Jesse? Yes. I'm not blaming you. You haven't been given the authority, you haven't been given access, you haven't even been encouraged to take control of some of these aspects of finance, but it's now caused some really serious effects that are not even obvious right now. Let's also remember you're not in dire financial straits. You have tons of money, $238,000 a year. Is that a lot or a little? What do you think? I'm proud of what I have achieved personally in terms of like my own career success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never feel good about money. Yeah. Because cool. I always think they're like, we need more buffer. Right. Oh, uh, if you make an extra. 50k maybe you'll feel good then what do you I think i won't no, no i absolutely won't who I taught get... you that you did that's so crazy though <laughs> but what if you make 100k would you feel better then no no because it, it will i'll never feel like it's uh, enough i'll continue to worry like i if i was richer i'd be like the folks you have on the podcast who have like 5 million in their 30s and i would still be crazy i could literally calculate the exact month that you're going to have that much and you're right you will come back on the show and feel exactly that way (laughs) it's a guarantee unless we make some changes yes what do you think those changes and broad strokes have to be stacy I need to share responsibilities and actually share them and hand them off, not yes. not continue to partially own them. I think the other thing why why I think I don't know if Jesse was feeling this way, but why I was quiet just now is like I always thought encouraging Jesse to start his own business was such a good like I thought I did a good thing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm feeling like I didn't do a good thing. How so? Because I. I probably uh, like coach coached him in the direction to go 
instead of like really just letting him make his own decisions. And then now he doesn't dream big enough. Mm. How would you describe the way you feel right now? Uh, like mad at myself. Mad. Why mad? Because I don't think I realize what I created. What did you create? An environment where, you know, Jesse doesn't see the big vision of what he's capable of doing, whether that's finances and I'm I'm sorry Jesse love you so much but like it's so clear that you're so anxious on this conversation the deeper we get in because like you're using like buzzwords to try and like talk effectively instead of just being like your yourself and I feel like I I've created that how do you receive that Jesse a little confused a little frustrated the way I've created, structured my business, it likely will never grow beyond a certain point. How much? With that doll, I, I don't know exactly what the dollar amount is, but probably not much more than four to six K a month. I know that that causes Stacy a lot of uh, anxiety and pain. Do you want to talk to her about it? Um, I feel conflicted, Stacy, because you pushed me, I, I feel rightly so, into pursuing this, this business. And I am happy that you did. And I am happy with the company that I've created for myself. But I, it also pains me to know that I will be unable to financially contribute as much as you ideally would like, as much as I ideally would like like in, in a perfect world. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. Do you have a question for her? Mm. Go ahead. Uh, ask the question that you're afraid to ask. When I lost my job and you said, Jesse, start your business. Do something that you love you have a number of hobbies make money doing one of them and i pursued it and i i felt i was upfront uh, about how it would not be a great money maker but i need to know if you you understand that the thing i'm going to push back on you is i think yourself inducing that limitation before you start you're saying it's never going to be bigger you create your own destiny and i didn't ask for a specific number and you don't have to make a certain amount but what really pains me in this conversation is i i'm worried i created an environment where you you're not even um it's not about trying. It's that like you're, I don't know if like you really believe that having one location of your rehearsal studios or two locations is enough, or you could even dream bigger. I feel like you're hemming yourself in 
before you can even explore the possibilities. It's not really about what I expect because we can live off my income. That's why I pushed you to do that. If $4,000 is as much you're going to make in the next year, and then that might be the next 10 years, um, uh, I'm fine with that. Honestly, if I were in Jesse's shoes, I would be really confused right now. First, Stacy told me that, yeah, it's okay. I don't earn a lot of money. Then she told me I should start a business, which I did. Then she wants me to earn more money. But a few seconds later, she says, it's okay if I don't earn more money. Stacy's message is that she wants control, but she also wants Jesse to participate. But when he tries, she says, uh, not like that. This is all very confusing. If you are a business owner, listen up. As your business starts to grow, you and I both know what happens. Those things that you used to do manually start to break. They start to take up all your time and you decide, I'm going to look for some automation. The things you used to do take a week, but how do you automate these things? Well, if this is you and you are in charge of your business, there are three numbers you should know. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. It streamlines accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. You can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. It's everything you need all in one place. And as you know, I like to see all my numbers in one place. That's exactly what NetSuite can help you do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at iwt.com slash NetSuite. That's iwt.com slash NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E to get your own KPI checklist. iwt.com slash NetSuite. I like companies that find innovative ways to save money and then they pass those savings along to you. Take Mint Mobile, one of our sponsors. Unlike other wireless companies, they decided to ditch retail stores and all those overhead costs, and they passed those savings along to you. For a limited time, they're passing on even more savings with a new customer offer that cuts all Mint Mobile plans to $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I had one of my coworkers test out Mint Mobile. She said the service was identical to her existing Verizon account. So if the service is the same, switching to premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month is a no-brainer. Now you'll notice on this show, I recommend to couples ways to cut their fixed costs. If you can dramatically cut your fixed costs on say wireless, that is one way that you can take that money, pay off debt faster, spend it on guilt-free spending, or invest it aggressively. Go to mintmobile.com slash Ramit. That's mintmobile.com slash Ramit. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash Ramit. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It's quite the weight off my chest to hear that out loud. It feels like it's, uh, you know, it's always something moving over uh, my head where I, I worry because, you know, Stacy is the kind of person that is always concerned about 
money and not having enough of it. And to your point, you know, it's like, well, you, we make X amount, you've structured it so that we are stable, but it seems like the narrative is always, we need to make more, we need to make more as a household. So it's good to hear you say out loud that, uh, it's okay if I fail essentially, um, uh, with, uh, with income. Was that your intention, Stacy? Is that what you meant to communicate? No, <laughs> I, I meant to say, well, I mean, yes, it's okay to fail, but what I meant to say is don't make decisions based on what I say. I want to hear your own thought. I think in this conversation, I've heard you parrot back some of the things I've said or Ramit says, what I'm missing is like your perspective. Like, what do you want? Because when I hear you say like, I'm doing this business, I'm making a small amount of money, but I'm taking care of the home. I fed you that narrative. I don't know if that's what you really want. And I don't know if you're being honest that that's what you want. Or, or is that honestly what you want? That is honestly what I want. Uh, I enjoy cooking. Uh, I, I I enjoy uh, being at home because uh, Stacey works from home. So I get to see her a lot more than I used to when we were both working out in the world. Mm -hmm. What else? It's I guess it'd be like the fruits of your labor. Uh, again, I'm sorry for using buzzwords. But it, uh, it, it's something that uh, I can see that, ha that I'm, there's, there's an A to a B. Now, that's an honest answer. I like that. That's a perfectly respectable answer. It's, you're right. I don't get that in my business either. There's always projects that are ongoing, blah, blah, blah. It's rare that it's just done and clean and perfect. Stacy, do you think that you're having unrealistic expectations for Jesse to suddenly become a long-term career planner? Yes. How long have you been trying to get him to think like you? Forever, <laughs> Forever probably, since, since we met, I'm sure. And you think he picks up on that? Yes. Because there's this narrative that he believes you need to have more money. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse thinks it. I'm like money obsessed and like as, as if I'm, we've had this discussion before. He's like, you're obsessed with money mm -hmm. to the point of like, it's like greed. Yeah. But what we've talked about in the past and I guess, I guess Jesse is like still not clear. Maybe is like what I, why I obsess about money is for safety. I'm obsessed about it from a sense of like security. And I want to just make sure there's enough, not just to survive, but to be able to like retire comfortably. And is obsessing going to help you achieve that? <laughs> it has so far. So you should keep doing it? Um, no. Why not? No. It's gotten you here. You've got a million bucks in the bank. Why not just keep doing it? Obsess and make three million. Because uh, clearly it's caused the sacrifice I'm like what I'm losing is in our relationship. Like I've created this dependent relationship that's not, it's not sustainable.
you are, in your own words, obsessed with money because it provides you safety. And you, what? You want to change that obsession or you want to keep going? I'm not asking a loaded question. I'm legitimately curious. I do not want that. Continually optimizing won't change anything. You optimize a lot? Yes. Like? Like I'm always looking at like, how much am I putting away in our investments? And I like want to increase how much we're putting away to retirement so that in, I think it's like 10 years, we'll have enough that we'll need for retirement. And then I don't have to worry about putting so much away. Oh yeah, then you're going to stop worrying? Yeah. Come on. Why Why are you doing this to yourself? You listen to every episode of the podcast. You've read my book, right? Yes. Do you think I use the word obsessed with money management? No. It's boring. It should be. Like, what? Would you cook anything simple, like eggs or something at home? Yeah. Are you obsessed with eggs? <laughs> no. You throw the egg on the thing, put a little butter. It's done, right? It's a utility. Yeah. At a certain level of money mastery. You don't even have to be a high earner, but at a certain level of knowledge and mastery over your psychology, yeah. money management itself is really boring and it should be. The problem is that there's actually a real cost to doing that with your money. Yeah. What might you get out of changing your approach to money? I feel like I have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. Then why haven't you done it already? Because I've worn, you know, like the finances have been like my cross to bear willingly. Um, cross to bear? Like it's a, it like, as if it's a negative thing? Yeah. Or like, like it's like, it's, it's my responsibility. Tracking yeah. a budget for what? Tweaking a spreadsheet for what? And also having all these negative conversations where you're always lecturing him. Yeah. You really should make more money, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't even care if he makes more money. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. Is there a way for you to have fun with money? Uh, We are going on a trip to Italy in about three, two months. months? What the fuck? Hold on. That's awesome. Okay. Round of applause. (laughs) All right. I'm getting the sense that I might've been wrong, but let's play it out. That is awesome. How long are you going for? Uh, three, three weeks. J- just shy of three weeks. Yes. Damn. All right. Cool. Who came up with the idea? This was a big plan. It's been planned for like two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And and you both are excited. Have you ever been to Italy before? No. no. So cool. All right. What are you two in particular excited about? Uh, generally, just travel. As uh, Stacy mentioned earlier in the conversation, she or when she was growing up, she went on a vacation. I did not go on my first vacation until I was 22. Where'd you like, go? Uh, Azores. It's where I'm. my family's from. Portugal. Okay. With, okay. Uh, Portugal. So you're going on this trip. And has this gotten kind of the juices flowing in terms of like, ooh, where else might we go? Exactly yeah. that. Well, okay. So Italy is the big one for this year. Next year is renovating uh-huh. our backyard and redoing our fencing the house so started thinking about that wow that's so cool 
And then the year after that is uh, Japan. Yeah. Is there some reason that you take one trip per year? We don't even do that. <laughs> yeah. Is there a reason for that? I mean, it's not like you're making like $20,000. You make $240,000 a year. Uh, because <laughs> when I look at our numbers, I think we're behind on saving for retirement. So mm -hmm. I, I want to focus more money towards retirement than yeah. travel. Yeah, good. The the one thing that neither of you are really excited about, you want to focus on that. And the thing that <laughs> and the thing that lights you two up, let's let's wait another 10 years to do that. Y'all realize how ridiculous that sounds? Look at the rest of this CSP. We didn't even finish it. Your fixed costs are 39% of your take-home. That's one of the lowest numbers I've seen on this show. 39%. That's good. Do you realize that? Yes. It's maybe too good. It's actually, it can be so good that it's bad. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just saying, wow, you got a lot of extra money to play around with every month. Your investment's 21% of take-home. That is extremely good. At 21%, it tells me either you're like way too frugal or you have a pretty high income. In your case, I think you have a very good income. That's fantastic. Above 25%, I would start to get a little wary. I would say, why aren't they spending some money on life? I want right. to double that number. I'm not surprised. All right. Uh, and you you can, and if you double it, you will certainly achieve your goals faster and you will be miserable and you will cost immeasurable, unmeasurable uh, costs to your relationship. Number one, you're both depriving yourselves of enjoying these experiences. Taking one trip every three years makes no sense. And second, actually not giving ownership. This is an amazing opportunity to give ownership to Jesse. Say, Jesse. I notice you love traveling. I love traveling. I would love it if you would be the person in charge of traveling, helping us schedule our travel. Can we have a conversation about that? He's nodding. He's going, yeah, he's getting excited. I see that smile. Okay. It's a lot of layers here. Yeah. I find it very interesting. What do you think? So when we started this conversation, you said, what did you want to get out today? I'm like, I'm hoping you see something we can't see. And you did. You've seen that we've, I've optimized the system. I'm getting exactly what I put in and reaping it. And I've created that for a really long time. What I'm recognizing is if I look at this as a scale, maybe I have this 100% optimized. What I'd actually like is maybe 80. And there's certain areas where I would value Jesse's involvement, but it doesn't have to be in the details. And we can um, balance it out more effectively. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty perceptive. I agree, Jesse. What do you think so far? Very much the same thing. I felt Stacy had uh, a narrative she wanted uh, coming in, which was. Uh, uh, I think she wanted to have a conversation on how to better optimize our savings for our retirement and how to enjoy uh, the the latter half of our life. Not not just like sixty five plus, but like forty what? plus. Really? Is that true, Stacy? Yeah, well, there were <laughs> there were two sides to well, my. What are the sides? Well, I knew like there were definitely hangups we had about money in our, like our dynamic that needed a lens. And uh -huh. then 
the other thing that I, this this is the problem that I'm mostly worried about when we talk about finances. I'm worried that we will have not have enough for retirement, and that you, we're like enjoying life enough. Yeah. Okay. You're worried about retirement, and you're not worried about the fact that one partner is totally disempowered and disengaged from money. <laughs> it's it's just another. Yeah. This happens virtually every episode. You already know the answer to your question about retirement. I'll answer it anyway. But it's not a retirement issue. That's not going to be your challenge in your relationship. Your challenge is staring you right in front of the face. What is it? That it's uh, one-sided. Yep. And, Jesse, what else? Codependent. That's a good way to put it. But when you say codependent, you mean what? Stacey has uh, created a system where... I don't have to be involved, yes. but I very much should be, or uh, and she very much would like me to be. Yes. Yes. That's accurate. So what would happen if you just flip the switch tomorrow and both of you reverse roles? Stacy, you're keeping the house clean. Look at it. She's already laughing. And you better keep that kitchen, you know, spotless according to Jesse's standards. And Jesse, you're managing all finances. You're planning, retiring, making all decisions. What would happen? Um, I mean, I would, I would like to think. Or, sorry, you want me to speak more confidently? I apologize. Uh, I would likely look at the uh, budget as written and try to stick to it as closely as possible. I think I can handle that. I think he would learn and figure it out. Before I get to the follow-ups from Stacy and Jesse, which are fascinating, I'd like to ask you to do two things which really help. The first, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. That really helps us. And second, get on the podcast newsletter where I share new material every single Saturday. Go to iwt.com slash podcast newsletter and you will find a lot of material that I never share publicly. All right, let's get to the follow-ups. The first, from Stacy. I got out of the conversation what I had hoped, to see something I myself was blind to. I walked away understanding that I had created a system for an inequitable partnership in our finances, and I've got work to do with Jesse to unpack and rebuild that relationship. I watched the first two episodes of the new show, and I do not want to have the relationship Matt and Amani displayed. I was reinforcing an unbalanced power dynamic that I did not actually want. My biggest takeaway was that I have been swooping in to save the day when it comes to money. It's created an environment of intimidation instead of curiosity. The day after your call, I started to change that. We started to take steps to give Jesse skin in the game when it comes to our finances. We readjusted our CSP yesterday evening. Instead of looking at our total income, we looked at Jesse's income and broke out the household spending under his responsibility and allocated investment savings proportional to his income. He's going to pay for and own the budget for anything household-related. He will also set up a recurring deposit for his investment account based on 20% of his income. We also rebooked our regular financial check-ins. We rescheduled it to a date we could commit to. Jesse will be taking ownership of the agenda. And on and on, they go on to share more and more details. We looked at what we want to achieve in the next year and whether our savings targets would get us there. This left us with a much healthier 21% guilt-free spending allocation in our CSP. Thank you for the coaching and guidance step-by-step. I know Jesse and I will create a more equitable financial partnership. Jesse 
wrote a follow-up and said, my feeling before going into the conversation was a fear that I was going to be blamed for not being involved with our finances and accused of being disinterested. I was surprised by your observations of our relationship dynamics over the past 18 years and how they fostered these feelings of anxiety, avoidance, and disinterest. I was even more surprised by your insistence that we needed to start spending more money on ourselves in the everything else category of the CSP. The following night, we sat down and discussed our budget, and I'm now handling our day-to-day spending, including groceries, pets, house supplies, etc. We have a long road ahead of us, but we will not be skipping our monthly meetings any longer. Fantastic work to Jesse and Stacy. Thank you for the courage in coming on this show. We all appreciate it. And for everyone who's listening and watching, go to iwt.com slash podcast newsletter because I've got new material to share with you this Saturday and every Saturday afterwards. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book, pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I Will Teach You To Be Rich system into your personal finances.